0: Welcome to the RAF Mildenhall Protestant Parish Podcast. As you prepare your heart to receive today's word, we pray that you are encouraged, inspired, and uplifted. We do honor our praise team. Thank you so much for what you do each Sunday, ushering us into the presence of the Lord. God bless you. This morning, our hearts are now prepared for the word. We're coming from Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. And it reads... Father, eternal God, we thank you for this moment to break the bread of life. ask that you open ears and hearts and minds to receive fresh revelation in your word. Speak now to your children in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The title for the message this morning is actually a question. And that question is, who are you here for? Who are you here for? We as Christians are here to model ourselves after Jesus. And if we study how Jesus lived his life, it was to glorify God by redeeming humanity from sin, from death. Jesus came to serve people, he came to deliver people, he came to introduce people to the love of God our Father. So just as Jesus's purpose was tied to people in order to glorify God, your purpose, whatever that may be, my purpose, whatever that may be, is tied to people in order to glorify God. And Jesus did not die until his purpose was fulfilled. And just like Jesus, you have been designed to fulfill God given purpose. And the Lord Himself will fulfill His purpose for you. How do I know that? Psalm 138 and 8 says, The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work. Of your hands. You are the work of the Lord's hands. He is the potter. You are the clay. We are his handiwork. So if you're still here, if you are still alive and, and breathing, you have purpose to live out that the Lord himself will fulfill. I have to be honest about something though. When I think of the tragedy and the sadness and the danger of the world, the carnal world that we see. I sometimes have a sense of survivor's curiosity, not survivor's guilt, but survivor's curiosity. And what is survivor's guilt? Survivor's guilt is when you have life in your body and you have experienced the death of someone else and it could have been, maybe even should have been you, and so you're guilty because you have survived. And I'm not guilty, about my living, I'm not guilty about my surviving, but I am curious. I'm curious, I'm curious, I wonder how with so many opportunities to have been destroyed, to be gone from this earth, how am I still alive and well? How am I still here? There are are times when we may even look at current events and see, man, it sure looks like the end times, it sure looks like according to scripture that we are living in the last Days, the rise of false prophets, the world waxing colder and colder, wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes and natural disaster. It seems like the end times have come upon us already and have been here a very long time, according to scripture. So I wonder why the Lord Jesus has not yet cracked the sky and come again to fulfill the prophecies of Jesus's second coming. What are we all still doing here? Jesus even is prepared to receive us because he's going to prepare a place for us. John 14, one through three, Jesus is speaking to the disciples before he goes to the cross. And he mentions that one of them will betray him. And so he says, do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, I would have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you. He's going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare this place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. So Jesus even has gone to prepare this glorious place for us, seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us, preparing for us to be received back into heaven. So what are we all still doing here? How are we all still here with so many opportunities to not be, with a vicious enemy running around rampant who desires to destroy us, who desires to kill us? And I'm not talking about, A red bodied entity with horns and a pitchfork. I'm talking about the spirit of evil, with the spirit of evil just out there. How are we still surviving? How are we still here? How is it that we survive? Oh, but I'm so glad. There is purpose. Somebody say, There is purpose. There is purpose, there is intention, there is purpose for your life. There's an answer to your existence. There is an answer to my existence. John 10:10 10, 10 says the thief comes not but to kill, still kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. So it's no surprise that there is an evil out there that is against us, that wants to kill us, that wants to destroy us, but the plans of the thief, the plans of the enemy do not supersede and are no match for the plan and destiny and purpose of God. You are here because God has a plan for you. The grace of God has kept you here because you have work to do, brothers and sisters. You have purpose for God to fulfill In You You and I are here to live out a divine appointment and ultimately point souls, point people to the love of God and build the kingdom of God and bring God glory. Now, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I've come to a point that I value my eternal life with God more than my life here. I love it. It's wonderful. It's great. Thank you, Lord, for it. But There's greater purpose. There's greater purpose in living life with an eternal mindset. It changes your perspective. It changes your priorities. When you think of this small little portion of life that we have here on earth leads us into an eternal life that does not end with God. It fine-tunes how you see your destiny and how you realize the gift of the infinite purpose of eternal life, your purpose, which is to glorify God in serving people, just like Jesus did, to point them to the eternal love of Jesus Christ. So you are here to do good, great works, not just good works, great works. And Jesus said, even greater works than I have done, you will do in order to glorify God. John 14 and 12 Jesus says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me and will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the father. He says, you're going, you're here to do greater works than I have done. And you think about like, why would Jesus put that on me? Like, why would he put that on us? Why, why are we now positioned to do greater works than Jesus did? How is that even possible? Well, he tells you. He gives you an answer. He says, because I am going to be with the Father. I am no longer here in the earth. I will no longer be here in the earth. I'm going to be at the right hand of the Father in heaven, seated at the throne. You will now be here in the earth realm to do greater works than I have done. You have a responsibility. You have a purpose, a God-given divine purpose to do the same as Jesus did and even greater. And so when we think of, of this greater works type deal. We, we think of performing maybe miracles or um, signs and wonders and healing the sick and raising the dead just as Jesus did. Um, and all of us are, definitely have access to that kind of power because we all have access to the Holy Spirit. But I wonder if a broader understanding of that scripture tells us that we will touch lives with the light of God's love just as Jesus did and even greater to bring the kingdom of God. Glory by showing the light of God's love to his people. That we might fulfill our purpose through some of the ways in which Jesus did, but it says greater works that you will do. That means that you will do greater works in the power of God that will look different, could look different, could look the same, but will be greater even than what Jesus did. The way you've been built to live your life for Christ is included The worst that he's done is included in what you can do, but it says that you'll do even more. And that's not an arrogant statement. That's not an arrogant statement. I'm just repeating scriptures. You have purpose to live out. That is a big deal to God. You have lives that will touch people in ways that only you have been designed to do it. So that's why we need to take our walk seriously and remember that our purpose is important to God. It's important to the kingdom. It's important to life. So don't, don't get it twisted, though. It's, it's not for you to feel good about yourself being able to do greater works. It's, it's not about you to feel good about yourself. It's about glorifying God. It's about making God's name great through you because he, you are his namesake. His name is on you. So what you do is what the world sees. When you say you're a Christian, that's how they see Christ. They see the Christ in you. And some of us may think, well, you know, I'm, I'm too messed up to be doing all greater works and stuff. But did you know that sin, your sin is not a big deal to God? It's not a big deal. Why? Because Christ, he's already paid for it. He's already paid the penalty. You've already been redeemed from sin. But it does say that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So your sin is not a big deal. Your sin is covered. All you have to do is receive Christ, receive forgiveness. But your faith to believe that you've got purpose in God, that's what pleases God. Ephesians 4:11 through13, we've, we've all come to this place called Earth with a specific will of God in mind. Ephesians 4:11 through13, we're all apart of this purpose thing that God has designed. 11 says, "Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip their responsibility is to equip God's what? people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such a unity in our faith" and knowledge of God's son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So we all come here with specific gifts. And some of you might say, well, okay, I'm not an apostle, I'm not a prophet, I'm not an evangelist, I'm not a pastor, I'm not a teacher, Um, but I I would like you to look at that a little differently. You might not be an evangelist in the sense of going door to door and handing out gospel tracts. But the way you live your life when you walk out of your door is evangelizing, is drawing someone. Someone is paying attention. You may not be a pastor and get up in front of a church every Sunday and preach a sermon. But you are shepherding someone. You are leading someone. Someone is following you based on the way you live your life. You might not be a teacher and have a curriculum and get before um, some students and, and start teaching stuff. But your life is teaching someone how to live theirs. So you have a responsibility to equip the people of God to do his work and build the church and build the body of Christ. So your purpose is linked to people. And to some of us, that sounds alright. And to some of us, that's probably a problem because people are interesting. That's a nice word, right? People are interesting. But we have a responsibility to uphold the values of our Christian walk, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, of God the Father, and it's all linked to people. We can't just keep our wonderful light of Christ to ourselves. You are gifted for a reason. You are talented for a reason. You are special for a reason. It is connecting to, sh- connecting to shining the light of Christ before people. So that they may know the love of God and that may draw them and bring God glory and bring the kingdom of God glory. You are still here in order to show the love of God, the light of God to humanity, to a broken world in a way that has never been seen before. Greater works. So just who are you here for? Who are you here for? There are times in life when we may want to give up, tired of being. anybody ever feel like you're the only one doing the right thing, or you just, amen, right? Or, or, or <laughs> you're the only one that keeps messing up. I've been on both sides, amen. But you are here for a reason. You have greater works. Somebody say greater work greater work to do in this earth realm. There are lives depending on it. There are generations depending on it. Counting on you for God to fulfill his purpose in you. Not just in this earth realm. Not just in this earth realm, but hear this. Your life will introduce someone to an eternity with God. Your life here will introduce someone to an eternity with God, who are you here for? Matthew 5, Jesus is giving a sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, and he's instructing the masses on what it means to exactly follow him. What does that mean to follow Christ? Matthew five fourteen says, you are, Jesus is talking, you are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. I love this because Jesus is calling those who are following him the light of the world. Bless you, bless you. You're the light of the world. Amen. 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 (laughs) You're the light of the world. And what I find interesting about this, if we look at John 8 and 12, we're going to come back to Matthew 5 and 14. John 8 and 12, it says, I am the light of the world. Now, Jesus is talking. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So Jesus is calling you who follow him the light of the world. And he calls himself the light of the world. But you and him and him and you are both the light of the world. He has gone to be with the Father, but he lives in you. The light of Christ is still in you. So you in this earth realm are now responsible for being the light of the world. So you are not to hide your light. You are not to dim your light. You are not to hide in darkness and try to be like the world. Because that doesn't make any sense, right? Verse 15 says, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. 16, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone, this is the part right here, will praise your heavenly father. Your light is to shine so that others will see it and glorify God. It is not your personal light to shine. It is the light of Christ in you to shine because you are the light of the world and if the light of the world does not shine how does a dark world receive brightness how do they see receive revelation how do they receive truth if you don't shine so so much of us um of of this world sometimes is being non offensive and it is okay we don't want to offend we don't want to offend but if dimming your light of Christ means that you are offensive i'm going to have to be offensive Not intentionally, but if I'm the light of Christ, I am the light. That is who I am. That's my destiny. Before I am anything, I belong to Christ. And so living your life in a way that your light shines, that is the love of God. Because if I shine my light, you you might see something that will draw you to the kingdom. And now heaven wins. And I get to be a part of that. Why? Because he says, I am the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You are the only way the world will see any light. So shine. Your purpose is to use your life, your light and your life to glorify God. And we glorify God by shining his light through our hearts and our actions of love to let people know that his mercy and his power and salvation will endure forever. So who are you here for? Who is your life built to bless? That is your purpose. And there's grace for this, because we're not perfect in ourselves. Sometimes Chaplain Ray has a bad day, okay? Or bad moment, but grace covers that. His grace is sufficient. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. So where I am weak, I'm counting on God to make me strong. And his light to still shine. Even though I am weak, his light still shines in his strength. So that's why you're still here. This is why we all have survived, to glorify God in such a way that tells the story of God's love to God's people that will draw him, her, them, to the light of Christ, building the body of Christ, drawing creation to the love of the Lord. Your purpose is to exhibit God's love to humanity To be the light of Jesus in a broken world. To broken people. Therefore, your purpose in this earth is linked directly to people. The Bible says, how can you say that you love God and you hate your neighbor? You've never seen God. You see your neighbor every day. Who are you here for? Live as though you are here for the sake of someone to know the joy of Christ's resurrection and the eternal rest of salvation in Jesus. You have greater works, greater works to do. But don't forget, you got help. You've got help. You have the help of the Holy Spirit who will lead and guide you in all truth. And when you're having a bad day or a bad moment and and not your best, not shining your best, count on the love and the power of the Holy Spirit to hold you up and give you grace to make it through. You're not perfect, but you are forgiven. And the world needs to see that. The world doesn't need to see perfect Christians. It needs to see Christians who love the best they can, who have trouble but still count on God, who still reach for God, who still love people who despitefully use them. Uh Uh-huh, that's not easy. But the grace of God It's sufficient. You can't do it in your own strength. You can't discipline yourself with your own self-discipline. That's not enough. It's gonna break, it's gonna fall, it's gonna fail. But if you rely on the love of God, on the power of God and praying in those moments, God take over. This is where I end, because I'm about to snap. God come in and help me. That's where God shines. And the light of Christ will shine through you. You have a responsibility, you have a purpose. It's linked to people and it's good. You are the light of the world. Remember that you are here for someone. Someone is going to make it to see the light of Christ by looking at you. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for divine purpose and divine destiny. We thank you that we don't have to get there on our own, but we have the help of the Holy Spirit to navigate us, to teach us, to guide us, to lead us, to love us, and show us how to love the Lord God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and how to love our neighbors as ourselves, because eternity depends on it. So we receive that responsibility to equip the brethren and our sisters in the faith, keeping in mind that your love reigns. So thank you for our purpose. Thank you for revealing us our purpose. by Day by day, the path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter each day, your scripture says. So show us, God. Continue to forgive us and work with us and help us to remember who we are here for. We're here to glorify your name. We're here to make your kingdom built. We're here to love your people. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray that you were blessed by today's word. If you have enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and share. Thank you for stopping by our station. And until next time, may the peace of God be with you.